What up, y'all? Welcome back to She Can Talk. I missed you all. Oh, my goodness. And I'm so happy that you are tuned in. Yay. Um, I don't even know what episode this is. I believe it is episode 12, if I'm not mistaken. This episode is called Frenemies slash Keep Your Head on a Swivel. I don't know. You know, something to that effect. You'll see it in the title. But the reason why I do that is because, you know, I just see so much crazy stuff in the last week and a half since I've spoken to you all. And I apologize about the holiday weekend. I turned it to Ganga Stewart and... <laughs> um. Yeah, so, you know, I had to, like, tend to my family in the house and cooking for the holidays, and I didn't realize, like, how much I had to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really do, like, you know, I didn't have family over. It was just me, Colossal, Marley, the dog. However, I was trying new recipes, and I was like, I want to, you know, make it really festive for us, and it turned out great, but I had so much fun. The Mike Tyson fight. Um, you know, so much things happened and I was like, oh my God, every time I said I was going to, you know, stop and like, you know, chill for a little bit, or do a podcast episode for you all, something else happened. I said, I want to include that. So I made like a little checklist of things that I want to talk about this evening. And the reason why I call it frenemies, keep your head on a swivel is because of, um, some of the things in the news that I've seen as of lately in the last couple of weeks. And also I call it frenemies because of like the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight that recently happened. Um, oh my God, the Nate Johnson or excuse me, Nate Robinson knockout. That was crazy against Jake Paul. Snoop Dogg's commentary, OMG, and that's just Saturday. We're not even going to talk about Thanksgiving, guys. Okay, so if you are not um, following me on the gram, you should. I have two pages up there that you should follow. Um, I have Gongalee MC, and that's G-A-N-G-A-L-E-E-M-C. And that's if, you know, if you want to check out the music, want to see what I'm doing, check out some songs or, you know, anything creative that I'm doing over there, you can go to Gongoli MC. My food page is Colleen Eat Wings, and that's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-E-A-T-S-W-I-N-G-S. So Colleen Eat, well, excuse me, E-A-T, no S, W-I-N-G-S. So the S at the end not in the middle. So Colleen Eat Wings. So if you go up there, you will see a little montage. Honestly, if you go to either of those pages, you'll see a montage of um, my Thanksgiving, what I prepared, which is why I was like, oh my goodness. I was trying to wait until, you know, I said, I'm going to postpone last week's, you know, Wednesday's episode until Friday, because I was like, I wanted to do Thanksgiving, get all that stuff done. I wanted to get, you know, the little montage together for the, you know, Instagram. And I wanted to do some things like, you know, celebrate with family, just chill out. Then the Mike Tyson fight came about and I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. And we had bought, um, you know, the pay-per-view for on Triller, which was so dope. Oh my goodness. Shout out to Wiz Khalifa for having such a dope performance. It's so much things. I don't even know where to start. I'm like all over the place. Okay. So let me go back. I was saying, if you follow me on Instagram, I just gave you Kalini Wings or Gongli MC, you would check out the montage of the Thanksgiving that I did. It may look typical or traditional because we did go traditional this year as far as we did have a turkey. Normally, I don't do a turkey. It's just two of us. Why am I doing a turkey? Even if my parents come over, my parents are Jamaican. 
you know, so they come over and we're going to do more traditional Caribbean food versus like a turkey. I might do like some Cornish hens or something, but not really a turkey, you know. But this year, Colossal saw, he read somewhere online that um, Popeye's was doing Cajun turkeys where they, um, I guess they pre-cook them or pre deep fry them and then flash froze them I guess and season it and injected it with all the um Cajun spices that they use in the chicken and but it did in the turkey and you could pick up one at the store it's frozen solid so basically it's like you can go to the grocery store and get one like that you know what I'm saying but only difference is this one's pre-cooked and it had um no giblets and guts and all that stuff inside of it, which I am so grateful for because I don't really like dealing with all that stuff. But anyway, and that's one of my main reasons why I really don't do turkey because I'm like, that's a lot. That's a lot of traumatic stuff going on there for me. But anyway, so I went ahead, looked it up after Colossal told me about it. And I said, yeah, bet I'm going to, I think that'll work. I think that we can do occasion Popeye turkey for Thanksgiving and then I'll do everything else because hey that's half the work right so I said well what's gonna go with that like what's gonna go because we're doing like years before I did a jerk turkey before from this um Caribbean restaurant here in Tampa called jerk hut shout out to jerk hut their turkey was amazing and they gave us like a bonus rice and peas tray as well so that was banging and you know I made my own like oxtails and you know I do always do something traditional like an oxtail or a curry chicken or a curry goat to add to it you know always to keep you know my culture in the dinner right so this year I said I'm gonna still do my oxtails because oxtails go with anything I don't care but what can I do like as far as sides to go with the church with the turkey so I said well I'm gonna do definitely macaroni and cheese and I'm gonna do like a rice and peas but I didn't do the Caribbean, like my Caribbean Jamaican rice and peas that you would get if you go to like a Jamaican traditional dinner. I did black beans and rice, but I used more like a Colombian recipe. Ironically, it was a little bit more spicier, but it was banging. It was so banging. The rice was a little bit darker too. So some of you are like, uh, she does not know how to make rice and peas. You're right. That was not rice and peas. That was like a more Colombian black bean and rice. And I figured like that would go good, like the flavors from it, because I love that rice. It would go good with the Cajun turkey. So I did that. And then I said, I'm going to do a seafood stuffing because that's like, you know, I don't know. I was just looking online, looking at, you know, researching sides for Cajun turkey. Like what's the best size? And um, there's this chef, Chef Charlie, I believe, out of Louisiana. He's like such the sweetest, like most um, cutest guy on YouTube. He cooks. I don't know if his food tastes as half as good as it looks, then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good thing because, um, the food looks great. I love the way he breaks down his recipes and stuff. So he made a seafood stuffing, you know, Louisiana style. I was like, oh, okay, you know, Popeye's chicken. Okay, that's going to be perfect. I'm going to do a seafood stuffing. So he did um, crab meat, lobster, and shrimp and cornbread stuffing, like, you know, and then mixed it up. But it was, like, really homemade. Now, I cheated. I, I will not lie to you. I cheated this year, but I'm going to try it again because after I tasted it, I was like, I loved it and it was so good and we smashed it. But you know, I was, you know, I could taste, this was my first time doing it. So I was like, I know what I could do to make it more my own. Right. But I cheated a little bit as far as like, I used, um, the cornbread instant 
stuffing because I was like, I'm doing a lot of other things. I'm doing oxtail. Oxtail, you might as well be cooking turkey. It takes long. You have to tend to it or whatever. Then I did macaroni and cheese. Same thing. I took, I, I put the macaroni and cheese in like early in the morning with my oxtails. Halfway through, I took it out so I could put other things in like the turkey and other stuff and make that cook. And then came back in to put the mac, you know, macaroni and cheese back in to really cook all the way through. Like it was cooked. It wasn't like it was, you know, but to like really melt it and brown out towards the end of the, you know, me cooking everything. So I had a lot of things to do, you know, then I did a homemade cranberry sauce where I used the actual cranberries. I didn't use the, um, you know, how everyone gets that ocean spray can jelly that just slides up the can and has the shape of the can and you just slice it up on a plate or whatever. That's cool. I'm not taking nothing away from that because on any regular day, I've used that for many of Thanksgiving's, many of holidays. However, I said I wanted to try something different this year and make the own cranberry sauce. I saw this recipe online. I think it was like tasty, you know, I think it was Chef June. I don't know if I'm even getting it correctly, but Chef June. And she's this um, really cute um, Asian girl in New York that she just cooks really amazing looking food so she made like a homeberry homemade cranberry sauce with orange zest and you know in it so basically I followed her recipe made the cranberry sauce then I cut up some oranges and squeezed it into it and I even put it in like a mason jar and like you know mixed everything up and then put it in the fridge and let it chill yo when I say it was a really simple easy recipe and when I say that was one of the best cranberry dressing like cranberry sides for thanksgiving that i've ever tasted oh my goodness and i really like the berries i think anyone that might be tired of just those slices try the berries try um try that recipe like try to like to use like the original fresh berries and boil them out you know what i'm saying cook them down then let them cool and squeeze some oranges it's a real simple recipe oh my goodness you can't go wrong with it and so i you know i did that to go with the so I did like a homemade cranberry glaze orange cranberry glaze I, I called the orange orange cranberry relish that's what I called it because I kind of mushed out some of the berries to give it more of like a pulpy content versus like an actual full berry some were still full berries but you know I mixed it in with the um oranges with the orange juice well the juice is from the orange so I squeezed into it but anyway I'm rambling about the relish I did that I did um the homemade Cajun gravy from the stock from the turkey and that was on the back of the you know back like the recipe like hey guys if you want to have the actual you know seasoning like the actual cajun gravy to go with this turkey make the homemade way and did this i thought oh i'm gonna whip that up real quick that gravy was so bang i still have like a little bit in a mason jar that i said i'm gonna do like some um chicken thighs and then put them on there and then that's it we're done like but that's like the last of thanksgiving food that i have right now is just some cajun gravy in a mason jar in the fridge but um so i did that so like what did i say now i had popeye's cajun turkey i had black beans and rice colombian style i had oxtails i had seafood stuffing louisiana style homemade cranberry relish orange cranberry relish and then macaroni and cheese i feel like i'm missing something oh deviled eggs of course you know i make my famous deviled eggs last year i made them extra bougie with the shrimp in them this year i just kept them simple with the cayenne the way you know colossal likes them he's he likes spicy foods i made them more like spicy or whatever but and we kept it simple and that's really what i did then for dessert colossal brought home um jack daniel's 
um, Jack Daniels pecan cake, which was a hit. Uh, we crushed that. Crush, crush, crush that. I also ordered some macarons from this place called Macaron in Miami and they fresh bake and ship them to you. So those were pretty amazing as well. And they sent, we, I ordered the Thanksgiving pack. So they had like sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie, cornbread, um, you know, like those type of salted caramel, those flavors were amazing on the macarons. So if you go over to, um, clean meat wings, you'll see all of that. I also, food. I always spend about like the first 20 minutes telling you about what I'm doing, but it always, I feel like it always tends to be about food, but yeah, I like to eat, you know, whatever. And then within quarantine, I've been trying to find, you know, I don't know, like a lot of people like quarantine, I'm going to the club. People are out and about. What are you quarantining for? But you know, it's not like a full quarantine. I still go out. I still do, you know, things or whatever. However, I play close to home. So for me, I consider myself still in some form of quarantine because I'm not back to 100% of what I do on a daily basis, you know. So with me, so I said during this quarantine time, I tend to try and find recipes to get creative with in cooking to play close to home. I try to find, um, you know, different places and, um, you know, look at their recipes and look how they made stuff and then try it, you know, and then hopefully... I can go to those restaurants when everything, when I feel comfortable again and try those recipes to see if I nailed it or if I came even close because some of them are so delicious, like the million dollar chicken that I made a couple of weeks ago. Oh my goodness. I said, I'm thinking I'm really debating about doing that for, um, Christmas, but on some Cornish hens, cause I'm not doing a big Christmas, like food and all that stuff again. Mm-mm. We're, we're about to go back to eating clean. We're not going to be doing all this, you know, heavy eating during the winter months like that's not what we're gonna do but anyway that's off the subject you know that was it so go up on Kalini Wings and you can check out the food you can check out what I've been eating and um maybe you guys can share with me tag me some of your pictures I don't care if it's two or three weeks later tag me and let me see what you guys did for Thanksgiving if I didn't see it already you know and, um, yeah, let's, you know, and then give me some ideals for Christmas. What are you guys going to do for as far as the Christmas dinner? Are you going to go big? Are you guys going small? Are you still going to like go see family or is it going to be just at home with you and the immediate family? What are you guys doing? Like, let me know, you know? So I want to bring it back around to frenemies. So Thanksgiving was Thursday. We know Saturday dope ass you know, entertainment for the Saturday Thanksgiving weekend was the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight. Oh my goodness. If you missed it, I mean, come on out by now. I'm it's Wednesday. So by now I know you guys tuned in onto YouTube and at least seen the highlights. So I'm not going to go there. So yeah. Okay. This is what I liked about, I'm just going to go right into it because everyone knows that Mike Tyson and the Roy Jones actual f- exhibition fight was not the highlight of the evening. We all know that. But what I want to say and get out the way first is big up and respect to 54-year-old Mike Tyson and 52-year-old Roy Jones for getting in the ring and doing eight rounds, two-minute eight rounds with each other and still showing that they can at least be able to maintain I was praying that no one would go in there and knock each other out. I can honestly say that because I feel like they're too old for that. So I'm happy that they didn't go down. 
and I'm happy that they did it in the name of entertainment and in the name of, um, you know, like keeping the momentum going. And I like the message behind Mike Tyson's whole movement where he's saying like, you know, legends don't die. Like, you know, just because you old don't mean like, you know, like he made a good point. I saw a video footage right before the fight where he said something to the effect of, um, when so when you meet someone, you don't say, hi, I'm Bob. I'm 59 years old. Instead, you'll be like, hi, I'm Bob. I ski. I, you know, you know, jump, base jump. I, um, you know, just bungee jump. I, I live a very active life. You know, you wouldn't think that Bob is 59 based on what he tells you his love for life is based on how he led that conversation versus hi, I'm Bob. I'm 59. And it's true. I don't know anyone that leads with their age. Right. So why do we put age at the forefront of people's existence? Yo, Mike Tyson is a legend when he was 20. And he's equally, if not greater, a legend at 54. Same thing with Roy Jones. And that's why I, I wanted to get out the way with that. Like, shout out to Mike Tyson. Shout out to Roy Jones with that because I was so dope. Also, like, especially as far as, like, if I have to do, like, a ranking of, you know, top five things on the internet that shut the internet down or shut social media down since we've been in COVID times, I would have to say that that Triller fight with Mike Tyson, that's definitely top in the list. Like versus holds it down versus shows you like massive, you know, a lot of legends getting together and battling it out, you know. And I mean, we've been there from the beginning. Like we saw Premier Rizza. We seen like all the way from the beginning, all the way up to where it's at right now. Like versus came from being like small time. Like, hey, we're just doing this for the gram. So like, hey, we're on Apple TV. So big up to versus as definitely I would say one of the number one things that shut down the internet during the pandemic. Another thing is this Mike Tyson fight. So this evening was packed with entertainment, with music, with the dopest commentary from, I want I, I know his first name is Israel as well as Snoop Dogg. Them two just need to partner up and be a commentary tag team they were amazing sugar ray leonard was out there sugar ray leonard is a legend older than mike tyson and he was out there doing commentary looking amazing you know then he had like a young um i, I don't know if he was mma or if he was a boxer himself but uh, he had had another commentator i think his name was israel i don't even know but um it was dope it was such a dope event so they had performances from swent um excuse me oh my god I'm putting their names together. French, Montana, and Swaley. So they came out there, did their hits. That was dope. And then I watched the pre-fight. Oh, my goodness. How can I forget the pre-fight? They had this one fight that popped off for free on Trilla. And I thought it was going to be like pre-fight. Like, they're going to talk about the fight, show you, like, them training. You know, give you the footage like HBO Showtime would do. No, they gave you a straight fight for free on Trilla. Like, these dudes were, like, going in. These two young cats, that was like one of the best fights for the evening. Oh my goodness. So when that started, I was like, damn, if this is any indication of what this night is going to be, this is going to be crazy, you know? So we watched that. Then, you know, French Montana performed. Then it goes into, oh, I think it was like, it was a, a few, I can't even think of everyone's name. Badu Jack fought on the card against um some military dude i don't even know if the dude was really like a fighter you know what i'm saying but um i would say this he did his thing but badu jack is just like a, a awesome amazing fighter he's one of my favorites you know what i'm saying so 
he whipped ass there. Let me see here. I'm, I'm actually, give me a second here because I'm trying to actually pull up all of the fighters on that card. So I know, as we all know, it was Jake Paul against Nate Robinson. And then it was Badu Jack against Blake McKernan. Then we had Mike Tyson against, um, of course, Roy Jones Jr. And then it was like a early fight. It was like Garcia against Vasquez. I remember their last name because that fight was amazing in the um, pre, pre-fight you know, show, whatever. But um, I want to say Wiz Khalifa killed that show. I don't know what was going on, but he got me in the boat. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that joint was so dope. That joint, he did a good performance. Snoop Dogg did his thing, you know. And, um, yeah, those are my favorites. Those are my highlights. I also know YG performed. I did see that. You know, I saw, um, I'm losing all the names, but those are my favorites. So I'll just leave it at that. But it was a really good situation there. But what I want to say is why I named this episode Frenemies is because everybody wanted to see like Roy Jones fight Mike Tyson over the years. And it was like, you know, you know, just like saying that they didn't like each other or whatever the case may be. And to see these two guys come together to, um, you know, put on like an exhibition round and not only for themselves, but allow the other fighters to get paid a good pocket or a good purse and go home, you know what I'm saying? And do it for charity and do it for awareness of a movement. That was so dope. So I like that. And I like the fact that, you know, maybe they're not really frenemies because I feel like they hang out and everything. But I say they was frenemies because they put on a whole, they put on a good facade. Like they put on a good show of like, I'm going to knock them out. I'm not worried about them. You know, like Mike Tyson had a cake, but he chewed the dude's air off. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, so yeah. So that was Thanksgiving weekend at my house. It was pretty, pretty um, chill and relaxed. We played it close to the vest. And um, I'm grateful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful that we're healthy, I'm healthy, I'm blessed, I'm here, I'm able to, you know, put food on the table, and I got a roof over my head, you know, the things that we're all happy for, you know, and grateful for, and the way 2020 is set up, I'm truly grateful for it, you know what I'm saying? So I want you all to tell me, like, you know, hit me up, and let me know how you did, or how was your Thanksgiving, you know? Did you have a good time? Did you go out and, you know, do you, or did you go to the club? Like, what did you do? Like, let me know. Like, I want to hear what you guys do. Cause I can't even lie. I live vicariously through some of you. So yeah, hit me up and let me know. But, um, yeah. So that was that. So I told you Thanksgiving, told you the menu there. Oh, I didn't tell you. I have to backtrack a little bit. I did my first charcuterie board. Now I know a lot of people say charcuterie board, but it's really pronounced charcuterie board. But I did my first one. Either way you want to look at it. Charcuterie, charcuterie, however you want to pronounce it. I made one of those. So basically what it is, it's basically a meat and cheese or some type of veggie platter that you'll put together for family and friends to enjoy if you're trying to host a party or just host something real quick instead of a snack on. So I originally was going to do it for Thanksgiving. I was like, wait a minute, that's too much food. Cause I'm already having a full course, you know, menu. Why am I going to do this for just two people? So I'm going to just chill. So what I did was like, you know, I did Thanksgiving. We ate Thanksgiving for Thursday and Friday, of course, 
the traditional leftovers. It's the next day. And then Saturday, I said, I'm going to give us a break. You know, like instead of us, you know, just scrumping down on more Thanksgiving, I'm going to do the chakra tree board for the Tyson fight. So you can also go on my Instagram and see some pictures of that. I had, so a lot of people might be like, okay, I thought she was a dread girl. What is all that meat up there? I want you to know that everything up there was turkey. Okay. Except for the hard salami that was a hundred percent beef, no pork in there, but it was turkey pastrami. It was, um, really and truly, oh no, turkey pepperoni. And then it was a hard salami, which was a hundred percent beef. So those are like the meat products and Colossal's, you know, he does, none of us eat pork. And I eat beef. I'm not going to lie to you. I eat oxtails, you know. So, and, um, so he likes pepperonis and he likes stuff like that. So, so I'm going to put that in there because that's something that we can add or whatever. And then I'll try it because it's in little portions or whatever. I also did tuna fish. I also did, I think it's called crinicons, but I call them gherkins, sweet gherkins, which is like the short, you know, pickled cucumbers, etc. And then, um, just different cheeses. I did like an Asiano pecan crusted Asiano cheese ball. Then I got um, some goat cheese that was rolled in cinnamon and cranberry. That was really good. I got some white cheddars from Munster. I got um, uh, Asiago apple cider, which was really good because I didn't taste the apple cider in it, but it had like a really nice taste to it. Then I got this thousand day old Gouda. As I'm saying this to you right now, I'm about to make a whole chocolate tree board again tonight. That's why I feel like it, but no, I'm not. But I think I'm gonna do one again this weekend. Then I had like, jam strawberry jam in there then I had some grapes and some green apples some you know party crackers and you you know you just go to town and make little you know just get crackers your foundation and just put little things on it and just try it from there dip the apple maybe do some jam on there you could throw some peanut butter I mean excuse me not peanut butter some tuna fish on the apple because I like tuna fish and apple for some reason you know, and then just different things, you know, so I just put it out there. So, you know, you could just try different things. So Colossal ended up doing one of the crackers with the Asiago pecan crusted cheese spread at the bottom, then lay some strawberry jam on it. Dude made mini cheesecakes. They were so banging. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Then you put like some tuna fish on there with some thousand day old Asiago thinly sliced on top of it. It pops in your mouth, do a little apple on it. So just different little things like that. And it's like, oh my God. So my first attempt at a chocolate board was so successful and, um, it may not have been the prettiest to me. Cause I like, I like to make things look pretty, but I think it was very pretty at the end. And I thought it was very cute and it was very tasty. So even if it wasn't the prettiest, we demolished it. So it doesn't even matter. It was um delicious. So I forgot to tell you guys about that. Yeah. Look up chakra tree boards. Look it up. Um basically you just get like a I use my um butcher block cutting boards and then I do have a cheese board with some cheese knives that you know, ever since I went to French, I've been obsessed with chakra tree boards. So I did get a little mini cheese board with the cheese knife. So I kinda added it as an extension onto my butcher on my to my cutting board and just laid everything out on it. And, you know, like certain things, I use like little wax paper underneath the certain, like the softer cheeses, so it wouldn't be messy, it wouldn't melt. I did throw up there um, some apples, some grapes, some tuna fish. I threw up some deviled eggs at the end because we had some leftover from Thanksgiving, so I was like, I'm just throwing them up here as well. It was great. It was so delicious. And at the same time, it was filling because it wasn't like a lot of, nothing was fried, nothing was greasy. It wasn't a lot of like, you know, 
and that type of stuff. But you're trying different flavors just bursting in your mouth, different tastes and crunches just bursting in your mouth. And by the time you're done, like it's like an adventure. You try the food and it's so good that you're like, I'm tired, I'm full. And you look up and you really ate a lot, but then you didn't really eat a lot. You know, of like the wrong thing, I should say. So it was really good. We had a fun time with it. And um, Colossal, I shout out to to Colossal because he got the Pecan Crested Asiago cheese spread, which was like amazing. And he was like, babe, I didn't even know. I just was like, I think this is going to go good with her shakuchi board. <laughs> and yeah, it was a hit. It was a banging. So I recommend it and you can get creative with yourself. Like for example, like I told you, I use all turkey products. A lot of them use like prosciutto, which is like a thinly sliced ham. That's a no for me. Um, they use like a lot of, you know, ham products. It's a no for me. You can use olives instead of like, I use the gherkin pickles. You can use olives. You can use, um, whatever, you know, cause it's like briny, sweet, crunchy, cheesy, those are like your main ingredients that you need. And once you get that in there, you can kind of add to it based on your taste and your palate and just make it available for friends to enjoy. And I'm, I'm pretty sure because, you know, Colossal is, has a very picky palate. And um, I can say that, yeah, he's he was like, yo, this is bagging. Look at the taste. Like he's coming over like different things on the plate. Like, taste this, babe. Taste this. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm definitely um, – I actually know I'm going to do that again this weekend because, yeah, that worked out really well. So, yeah, so that was that. Another thing um, – I just want to make sure I touch on my holiday basis before anything – yeah, that's really it. So, you know, had a good Thanksgiving. I'm just grateful and blessed. Enjoyed our weekend with the Mike Tyson fight. That was amazing. And then just the highlights, like, so, you know, Jake Paul, which is like a YouTuber turned boxer, I believe him and his brother. So they're trying to be taken seriously in the boxing world. So they want to contend against real fighters. So I guess the lineup was in a weird way appropriate because, um, on the other side of it, Nate Robinson is a former NBA player who basically broke barriers and made his way into the NBA at 5'9", which is relatively short for a basketball player. But he did it and had a full successful career in the NBA. I want to say he played for the New York Knicks, if I'm not mistaken, based on the colors on his shorts in the boxing ring. And, um... Yeah, so I guess they felt the matchup was a a really good one because they're both switching from a different profession coming into the boxing world and at the age that they're coming into it, et cetera. Even though I feel like Jake Paul's 23 and Nate Robinson's 36, so I feel like one's starting and one is just trying to think. But I digress. But anyway, um, yeah, so they lined them up to fight or whatever. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I just saw the, like, dude came out in, like, the Super Saiyan, you know, wig at the weigh-in, and he's making sure he get his poses together and all this other stuff. I was like, oh, he's a jerk. I also know he's, like, a young YouTuber, and their, their generation is completely different from, like, you know, our generation, I guess. And not saying because he's a YouTuber, but he's a young guy, you know? So I'm like, oh, they're with, he's with the shits. He's, he's a troller for sure. And I'm like, look at the other dude. The other dude appeared to be a more serious and focused fighter like he really wants to be taken seriously as a boxer I guess that's the energy that I would say I got from Nate Robinson at the weigh-in 
the night before on Friday night was the weigh-in, which is like I'm saying, like from Thursday on, it was lit. So we was had our whole weekend plan. So, okay, we watched the weigh-in. I'm like, okay, he looks like he's ready for business. He looks like he's here to really get the job done. Like he's not playing. So I want to see Nate Robinson go ahead and get into this little dude because he over here all super saying it up and trolling. Like he's not taking it seriously and dude over here is taking it seriously. So I'm a root for Nate. So I'm not even going to lie. I came in off of Friday off the way and like Nate better whip this dude ass. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> I digress. We watched the fight or whatever. And yo, all I could say is Snoop Dogg said everything that I was thinking, even down to singing to him, like, take me to, yeah, everything. He was like reading my mind because when the dude first started swinging and you heard like his sneakers, like skinting, like, um, making that noise that you would hear, like when the basketball players on the basketball court, like, you know, when his sneakers like skid against the, the floor or whatever, I can't really explain, but you know, that sound when basketball players are running. Dude did this in the boxing ring. <laughs> and I was like, wait, dude, act like he playing basketball. And I couldn't even get it out. Snoop Dogg was like, hold on now, nephew. You got on your basketball shoes. You got to put on your boxing shoes now. And it was so funny. And Snoop just went on from there. And it was on from there. Like, on from there. Funny, funny, funny. So I thought that was hilarious. And um, the commentary didn't stop. Like, you know, like I'm I'm not a good Snoop impersonator, but I love Uncle Snoop. Shout out to Uncle Snoop. I love his commentary. I had the privilege, Colossal, myself, and Jazz from Hotbox 420, we had the privilege of seeing Snoop DJ as DJ Snoopadelic live in L.A. We went out to the Grammys last year, 2019. And we were right up, like, we was in the smoking section, like, real talk. First of all, L.A. is the smoking section, so you already know what it is. But we were right up front, like, if you, you can go on my Instagram, you'll see some of that footage up there as well. Like, you can see we was basically right there next to him. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, passing us the weed. Like, he's such a cool individual. You know what I'm saying? And he was just DJing, like, I wish we could have got the ability to like hang out with him afterwards, but you know, he had like massive security around him, massive people around him. Like they brought him, you know, into the club to DJ. Then it's Grammy weekend, like massive people from all over the world are in LA for the Grammy. So it was just a crazy event, but his energy in person is the same. Like the energy on the Triller fight, like the energy on his page on Instagram, like the energy when he's on his, um, network when he's doing his commentary like his news commentary on his network same energy i just love snoop dog like he and i like that and, and that's one thing um that i strive to be it's just natural everywhere you go you know and for some people it's not easy myself included when i say that you know like being natural everywhere you go and i'm not talking about like i'm being phony or fake because sometimes it's just like anxiety or nervous tensions, or butterflies, or you're just like, I don't want to do nothing awkward, and it end up making you do something awkward, you know, but then sometimes, like, awkward shit happens, we're human, and you, when you acknowledge it the way Snoop do, like, oh, Lord, nephew, come on now, like, oh, Lord, take me home, you start to say the guy, it was just funny, because that's the things that we'd be thinking of, like, I'm on the edge of my, like, come on, Nate, get up, and, and he's like, he done, 
you know, Snoop is just putting it out there. So I like that. I like that just naturalness of Snoop Dogg. Like he is truly the world's uncle, Uncle Snoop. So he made that joint. I just recently heard this morning that he did a uh, um, deal with Triller where he's going to be doing like more boxing fights slash performances. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm here for it because if it's anything like what Saturday was, count me in. I'm here for it. Do you hear me? Oh my goodness. So yeah, you know, it's just been, it's been really fun. It's been really grateful and chill. I'm not even going to lie to y'all and say like, I've been doing like a whole lot. Well, I might, it's like, oh my God, let me backtrack that and rewind that. I've been doing a lot, but I've been trying to truly enjoy the holidays this time around. So I apologize to you for taking the week off, you know, from the podcast. And I did miss you all every day. I miss you all, but I had things to do to take care of my family and to make sure that we were good and we had a good time and it was fun in the process. And I think we all need that. Like, even though we have obligations to others, even though we have, um, you know, our public personas, our jobs, our careers, our aspirations, our dreams and hopes. Sometimes we got to say, okay, today I'm going to be clean. I'm going to chill out with my boo. We're going to cook some food. We're going to laugh and listen to some music and play some, you know, tell some jokes and, you know, watch a fight and just really enjoy that time together, you know, and we need that as people. It's called a regroup and a recap, you know. And just like kind of connecting, putting your feet like 10 toes down, connecting into the ground and recharging yourself. You know, we all need it. So I am grateful to have had that. And honestly, I kind of got sucked into the vortex of relaxation. And I said, nah, I'm just going to do a podcast next week. And I'll let the guys know, I'll let the ladies know, let the fellas know, anyone out there that's listening know that I had to really take some time out and enjoy family. So I know you guys understand and I appreciate you all for understanding, but I don't want to like end it on a somber note because, you know, or end it on a sad note or anything like that, I should say. But I came across a story because like I told you, I watch YouTube. I, you know, everyone's streaming right now, you know, like last Christmas, like me and Colossal was like, we don't even know what to buy each other or the house for Christmas because we're blessed you know what I'm saying so I don't know why I said that but anyway all to say is like I'm obsessed with this you know just being able to just stream whatever the hell when I want to in the living room <laughs> so I'm obsessed with YouTube I'm obsessed with like um different things like I was watching Fargo I was watching different little shows here and there when I can and when I say I'm obsessed with streaming because you don't have to sit down and watch at the time that it airs, quote unquote, if you see me, I'm doing, I'm throwing up air signs. Like instead I could be like, Hey, midnight P Valley. Let me catch that because you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to be recording. I'm going to be doing this. I don't got time, but I got an hour from midnight to one o'clock. I'm going to watch P Valley, you know, that type of thing. So I love the streaming ability to be able to stream when you want right now. So I've been watching, um, YouTube and watching different, um, YouTubers, like, you know, bloggers or vloggers, because ultimately that is something I want to do. I'm going to incorporate She Can Talk into a YouTube channel where we, you'll see me and then you guys can interact with me. Maybe I could do some live, you know, broadcasts and stuff like that. So 
before I take the plunge myself head first and look crazy in any capacity, I'm doing my research. So I came across um, this guy. His name is like the Trey King show. So shout out to him. He's so funny. I think he's hilarious. Um, not all of his topic is necessary because he touched some serious topics, but the way he commentates it, it's amazing. And he's Aquarius. So shout out to a fellow Aquarian there. Hey, but he did a story or he ran a story last week, which is another reason why I'm tying it into frenemies. So this is also tied into why I call this topic frenemies. And it's going to be one more that's going to bounce off of that, which is why I did this whole thing about YouTube. So streaming into YouTube. So he did an episode about, um, these two guys from Virginia, I think it's like triangle Virginia in the Northern part of Virginia, close to the DC area, DMV area. And, um, these two guys were like rappers in a rap group together. One guy made the beats and rapped. The other guy rapped and they had their own separate, you know, music identity, but then they supported each other as a collective. Right. And, um, they were doing music. They've been friends for over 10 years their um parents knew each other stuff like that so and they and the one guy's parents were very supportive of the whole movement like oh they're cool they hang out like they do good music etc so long story short one dude um his name was like robert coltrane killed his friend which was his fellow rapper and his damn producer for what i don't know like so that part like that would be terrible for me to be like, Hey, yeah, you know saying? This is what he did, but I'm going to tell you his rap name was something like Daytona St. Godfrey. And that's something that they don't really mention in the story from this, the guy on YouTube or in the news or whatever. He was a rapper named Daytona St. Godfrey. And his friend, his friend's name was, um, and I'm going to tell you right now, it is so crazy. His friend's name was Brian Trotter, AKA Kent won't stop. And I thought that was a pretty catchy name. Kent K E N T won't stop. And when you look at both of these guys or whatever, you can see, you know, all right. So here I go all over the place. So forgive me because what's the name of this show? She can talk. So I'm just here talking with you guys. And really and truly, I'm just all over the place because it's after the holidays. And I had a lot of things on my mind. So I just wanted to put them all up into an episode, wrap them all up into one. But um, Kent Won't Stop reminds me of like the episode before the finale episode of Fargo when Ethel Rita... And if you guys are familiar, because I might come back around and do something else about that, because Fargo was such a good fix to come off of from Lovecraft Country. But anyway, Ethel Readers is a young black girl, speaks six different languages. She's intelligent beyond her years. Her parents are like, you know, really respective in their own right, but kind of like under the thumb of a mobster or whatever, right? So she ends up finding a way, she's figuring out a way to try and get her family out from this debt to this mob dude or whatever and in the process she's sitting there talking to her mom and they start talking about like an old spirit or old ghost that haunts their family and the girl is out the readers asking her mom like how do I um how, why can't we just like cast him away or you know like do a spell to cast him away and then she was like the mother was like you know we can't do that because he seeks the sunshine and so she was like oh so he's my problem now 
And she was like, like, but the mother looked at her like, you see him? And she basically told her mom, like, yeah, she sees the ghost now. So it's like a whole long story. I'm giving you a big paraphrase. But to say, like, the the ghost of the evil man who basically haunted their family wanted to suck the sunshine out of their family. So they, he tried to latch on and haunt and terrorize people who he thought were good people in the family if that makes any sense. So you'd have to watch Fargo to get more on that. But the reason why I wanted to give you a little backstory on that was to give you a little forward story on what I um, learned about this story with these two rappers from Virginia, Kent Won't Stop and um, Daytona St. Godfrey from the northern part of Virginia. So these two rappers were friends apparently for over 10 years the father says to some extent they were best friends for over 10 years like the the father said that the guy was welcome into the home like it was never a situation like you know can I come in or like he was welcome in he ate food there he was good there you know like he knew him since the guy was like 14 15 years old since they were kids you know so they're now pursuing music and um yeah so business as usual this particular day He comes to pick up, so Robert Coltrane, who is AKA Daytona, we'll just call him that for short because this nigga got a first, last, and middle name for a rap name. That shit is like crazy, but anyway. So Daytona, they both do actually, so maybe that was just a click shit anyway. And then Kent, Kent won't stop. But I think Kent won't stop was a little bit more catchier, but anyway. And so Kent is at home, Daytona comes, picks him up, and the dad is like, where you going? He's like, oh, I'm going to go to D.C., take some pictures. We're going to take some professional photos. So the dad is like, well, who you going with? And he was like, oh, you know, with Rob. So he goes downstairs. He doesn't see Rob. He said, well, Rob ain't coming to the house. The dad, which is that parental instinct, he was like, went out there. And he seemed a little agitated, a little distant. Rob, a.k.a. Daytona. And he was like, um... What are you guys doing? He's like, oh, we're going to go to D.C., take some pictures. He's like, okay, how you doing? Everything good? He's like, yeah, yeah, good. So the dad just figured, like, the kid was having a bad day because he was a little distant, whereas normally he would come in the house, he would talk to them and be a little bit more social, right? So then now they go do whatever they were supposed to do. The parents are expecting their kid home at a certain time because even though he was a 25-year-old young man, he still lived at home with his family, and he still was checking in with his family. He was still in communications. So, um, to do, didn't reach out to his family. It's like the next day, no one hears from him. So they're like, okay, we're going to call the last person that's seen him, which was Rob, AKA Daytona. He's like, oh, I don't know where he's at. I haven't seen him. I dropped him off in DC for the pictures. And then another friend, you know, gave him a ride. And the the dad is like, okay, well he came here. You came and got him. And you just let him go with someone else. He didn't tell you where he was going. Oh, yeah, he said he was going to stay in D.C. a couple of nights. Dad was like, well, he didn't tell us that. He's like, oh, he'll probably call you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just paraphrasing based on for what I saw online. I am in no way giving you verbatims. So, you know, this is all paraphrasing off a line. But apparently the dude is arrested. So it's to some degree a fact. But to fast forward it, you know, two weeks after, two weeks after picking up his friend to go to DC and I'm throwing up the air quote signs. If you can see me, I got, I wish you could see me friends quote unquote took him to DC to do professional pictures for their rap group or rap music or whatever they're doing. Right. Two weeks later, 
the dude Rob, a.k.a. Daytona St. Godfrey, whatever the fuck, is in a car accident in Miami, Florida. And when they pull, when they, you know, basically get him out the accident and tow the car to the side, they smell a foul smell, open it up, and it is Kent Won't Stop, a.k.a. Brian Trotter, in the trunk dead, decomposing for two weeks. That shit is crazy. Okay? I gotta pause for a little bit. That shit is fucking crazy. What's crazy about it is, I literally, because when you talk about music or anything, like, I want to see, like, I want to see what kind of energy it was. Because I've been in situations where you've had frenemies, you know what I'm saying? Friends, where you thought they were friends, but really they were your enemy. You know, like that like that dude Trent Shelton said, when you was in the boat rowing, they were really drilling. You know what I'm saying? When you stop fuck with them, they try to narrate the story to everyone else to make it seem like you did something wrong. And you're the fucking enemy. You know what I'm saying? Those people, I've been there already. So I keep my head on a swivel these days for situations like that. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like God brings scenarios my way to further heighten my awareness. And I feel like I'm at a point right now where I'm becoming more comfortable to articulate to you all to hopefully heighten your awareness. And I'm not saying everyone is a friend of me or you should treat everyone like they are, but move accordingly is what I'm saying. Because how did you guys go from 10 years of friendship, from being 14 years old, hanging out in like, I don't know, the basketball court, whatever the fuck you do at 14, playing video games maybe, I don't know, to performing a rap group, going to college together, being friends through all of these life changes. And you get to a point right now where it looked like, because they did a song together like a year or two ago that was really pretty decent. And they had a, a very nice video for it. I'm looking at it like, shit, I'm trying to still get my videos to look like this. As far as, like, the landscape and, like, then it looks like they went to Hawaii to shoot this shit. Like, this shit did not look like Virginia. And if it is Virginia, I need to find it so I could go shoot over there. But it was lit looking. Looked like they was in Hawaii on a tropical island. You know, like, they really had some good visuals. The dude who was the victim was the producer. The beats were pretty decent, you know. And then you could see, like, within the last year, he started to um, rap. And then, which brings me to my next thing. So back in the days in hip hop, like in the eighties, in the nineties, and depending on who you speak to right now, some people might still use it based on age or whatever, but there was a phrase called word is bond. And, um, people might be like, well, that goes beyond hip hop clean. And you're right. It does. But you know, with hip hop, we adapt things, we own it and we make it our own. But word is bond. Let me give you the official ye old English definition Back in the days when, like, say, two men were bartering over a, a donkey and a bale of hay or, I don't know, I'm just throwing an example out there, over, over land or something, you know, sometimes people didn't write. People didn't have the skill set to write out a contract. So they would say, my word is bond. They would spit in each other's hand, spit in the palm of their hand, and shake on it. And because I said to you that I'm going to do this if you do this and we agreed to it and we shook on it, it's a done deal. So you can't renege on it. And reneging on the deal can have consequences depending on what you agree to do, right? So that's from the ye old pilgrim days, like 
you know, slavery times, like bartering times, you know, that's where word is bond comes from. But my word is my bond. You know what a bond is? A bond now is something that you could have in a bank. You buy bonds, stocks and bonds, and then they'll, they'll grow equity. And then, you know, stuff like, you know, you have money that you put down for your ancestors, your kids, your lineage to come. So before you had an actual note called a bond, your word was your bond. So you were bonded to your word, right? So in hip hop, we adopted that, like, yo, word is bond, yo, like, shit is real. You know, I'm just using, throwing out a whole bunch of like New York cliche phrases, I guess. But you know what I mean? Like, you're like, yo, word is bond? I'm not even coming outside if it's cold. That's in translation. Yo, on everything, for real, to tell you the honest God truth, if it's cold outside, I'm staying my black ass in the house, basically. But instead of saying all of that, you just be like, your word is bond? If it's cold out there like that? I'm not coming out there. You know what I'm saying? So it was just things that we used and incorporated in hip hop, hip hop slang, right? Early hip hop slang. So, um, yeah. So with that, you know, rappers went a little bit further as to say like, what you write is your bond, you know, because now not only are you using your words as your bond, but you're writing those words down further bonding them to you, you know? So, um, a few, like when I was early out writing and doing music and stuff like that, which is one reason why I, I tend to shy away from like, I call it the depressive rap, like where we're like, I'm struggling in the streets and I ain't got, if I, if I'm really not struggling, I, I can't write about it. Like I can't front one way or the other, you know what I'm saying? But at the time, there was a time when I was a starving artist. There was a time when I was a hungry college student. There was a time when, you know, like I couldn't pay the rent, you know, in my twenties and stuff like that. So we all go through it. And I tend to write about what I go through at the time I'm going through it, right? But um, at the time, I probably was going through something, some type of financial hardship or whatever. And an older person said to me, hey, be careful with what you write because your word is your bond and you're bonding yourself to your words by writing them down. So if you're writing down about poverty and you're writing down about being poor, then you will remain poor. If you write about where you want to be and where you, where you see yourself, then that will too happen, you know? And that was powerful to me, you know? And the reason why it was powerful to me, because I was like, you know, me, I got to test the theory now. So I started writing about things that I wanted to do, places I wanted to go. And next thing you know, I started to go to these places. I started to experience these things. And, you know, and really live a life that I dreamed of by bonding myself to my word. So sometimes people might be like, oh, you know, they full of shit. They writing about, you know, living in a penthouse, blah, 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 or in a gated community. They live up the block from me. But you know what? Two years later, I moved to Florida to a gated community. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so things can happen. It may not happen overnight, but you manifest it over time. And the reason why I went to that little tangent is because the the victim, Kent won't stop. I seen I listened to a couple of his songs and they they were kind of eerie and like almost like he predicted, you know, that his friend was going to kill him. 
And in a weird way, I don't know if, you know, to further expand on that, maybe they had a beef and he knew. But then I was saying to myself, like, I'm not willingly going to go with you somewhere if I know I have an issue with you. Like, if I dead stamp have an issue with you, like, yo, we might just, you're going to have to do what you're going to do right here with my pops right here. Whatever we're going to do, we're going to duke it out right here. But I'm not going nowhere with you, you know. And I recommend all of you to do the same thing. (laughs) So anyway. He left with him, though, and that made me feel like maybe he was ambushed because that didn't seem like it was potentially, uh, you know, but in a weird way, he bonded himself to that fate with the music, you know. The other dude, on the other hand, did, ironically, real spiritual music. Like, he used a lot of, like, um, his music was, I don't know, like, not, it's, it's, interesting i don't want to say it's whack or nothing like that but it's interesting because i try to still pull out the music and pull out the creativity and try to seek that out not the person that's what i do even with r kelly you know people like i'm not listening to r kelly no more i'm not gonna lie i listen to r kelly if it come on i'm not gonna i'm gonna appreciate the song and the creativity you know what i'm saying so i tried to do that with this and i noticed that he used like he had good messages he had like a lot of good like themes he talked about like, you know, he was definitely in the time talked about police brutality, talk about, you know, like they, they, they want to see me hang from a tree. Like, you know, he talked about all that stuff like he was on the right track, but maybe it was a, a warped mind because at the same time he talked about like how he was, you know, poor and struggling and it was just him and his father and he was God, it, it, all a mess, all in one, you know, so a all over the place, b a lot of spiritual innuendo in there and it was just a lot of spiritual visuals, you know, and kind of walk to the left. So all of that to say is, um, I don't know, maybe they were on different paths, but maybe the energy, because you could see the light and the sunshine on Kent won't stop, you know, God rest in peace. You know, I never knew the young man. I just read the story and, you know, looked into it a little bit further and was really saddened by it. But, um, you could see the sunlight on him. And even though some of his music was eerie, like, I don't know if he felt it and didn't know who his enemy was per se directly, or he didn't know it. And he just crafted those songs and it ended up manifesting into what it did. But his songs were eerie, but then on the flip side, he had some really good songs on another, you know, like that weren't eerie that you were like, wow, this is pretty good, you know, but then to even go deeper, he made really good beats, really good beats. Then I found the song of them, the video of them together, you know, which you could tell people don't really know about that song because everyone's like going over to Kent Won't Stop's page on YouTube. And like, oh my God, this kid was so dope. And I, I'm so mad I came over here after the fact. I'm so mad because of the news article and because of what's on the news. We're over here, you know. And then me being in Florida, of course, to hear that it, it happened in Miami. Like he went all the way from Virginia to Miami with a dead body and all that craziness you know, Virginia is a significant state. That's the state we left. And then we live in Florida. So it's like, wait, what, who did what? Like what? So of course we looked it up on the news and everything. And that was just crazy. And you know, my prayers go out to, um, the Trotter family in Virginia. And then honestly, the Coltrane family in Virginia as well, because both of them are going through some, some serious stuff. But, um, that's the thing with frenemies. And that's why I used the Fargo thing as far as like, um, Fargo, you know, that, that whole story about Ethel Rita with the spirit chasing her down, trying to dim her light. 
it liked her. The ghost only liked her and tormented her and hung around her basically because he was trying to dim her light. Not because he wanted her to shine, not because he knew that she had potential to be great, but because he wanted to dim her light. And that's what I'm saying. Like with this dude here, you can see it with them. You see the sunshine on Ken won't stop. And, and I'm not even talking about because, you know, ironically one's light skin, one's dark skin. I'm not a colorist at all. And I'm not with that, but you can look at them and see the difference. You know, one had a dark aura over them and one had a light over them. And apparently it was a problem and he had to dim his light or he thought he needed to dim his light. And that's sad. And it's sad because, um, you'll be thinking like you have friends, you'll be thinking like, Oh, I, you know, they'll do anything for me. So I'm gonna do anything for them. And those people don't have your back, you know? So that was really sad to see that. That was like out of the great holiday weekend to learn of that. I was like, wow, that's so freaking crazy. Who does that? You know what I'm saying? Like who does that? But, uh, apparently Daytona, whatever the fuck his name is, does that. And, um, He's going to have to suffer the consequences. Uh, what I really want him to do, because they said like in the newspaper, he made a phone call to the family and said he apologized for what happened or whatever the case may be. But you need to, you owe them an 100% explanation during these holiday times here. You need to tell them why the heck you did that. Why did you think that was the way to go? You know what I'm saying? That was crazy. So... I want what I'm going to do actually, because I don't want to keep you all along and I don't really want to end on a somber note either. I'm going to be, um, doing some organization because I know it is the last couple of weeks here. We have literally three weeks for this month here. First week of December. Oh my goodness. And you still look guy. you guys are still here with me. I appreciate that. I totally do. I apologize to y'all about last week once again, but it was holiday time. The radio station took people, you know, the radio station host took time off, you know, from your local stations. So Colleen, Ganga, I had to take me some time off and, you know, chill with the fam as well. But, um, I had an interesting weekend, had an interesting introspective week and, um, it just maybe allowed me to further recognize and be grateful for what we have because, you know, 2020 whipping ass, it ain't even done. You know what I'm saying? It's still whipping ass. You know what I'm saying? So we can't let that, um, you know, we, let me tell you what it is. We cannot let that dim our light. I know about the stutter and everything right there, but we cannot let that dim our light. 2020 or the fucking haters at all, period. You know what I'm saying? So we have to still be strong still, you know, maintain health, mental health, physical health, mental strength, physical strength, financial health, financial strength, all of that. We still need to maintain all of that. You know what I'm saying? And keep your eye on the prize. You know, I'm going to end this right now because I don't want to go over too far because I do got um to work some things out for you guys for the next couple of weeks here. And I want to prepare so I won't skip a week for the holidays like I did in November. Okay. So I'm going to leave it here short for you guys, but on the note of, um, you know, the story with the two dudes from Virginia, I am going to leave you with the song from the both of them. And I know you're going to be like, what the fuck clean? Why would you do that? Because I still feel like art is art. And just like how I played something when, um, Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion had their stuff and I said, you know, but it's still a good project or whatever. So I still gave it a little bit of light there or whatever. And the only reason why I'm really giving this one light is because 
you know, God bless um, Brian Trotter, a.k.a. Can't Won't Stop, but he did a production on this. Plus, this was like one of his debut raps, him rapping on this. The video was pretty sick, and with both of them in the video. You kind of see a little bit of offness where one dude it comes naturally for them, the other one he's trying. That's all I can say about that. But um, I want you guys to check out the song, you know what I'm saying? Because I just it saddens me to know that, you know, such young lives both young lives was ruined but you know i want this to be a lesson for all of us you know what i'm saying that we have to be focused on the prize and sometimes if you feel like you have to cut a motherfucker off cut that motherfucker off and if them niggas call you at like a random hour like hey come hang out or coming no nigga nah i don't fuck with you i'm not coming and feel okay with that you know like especially when i was younger i used to feel like um Saying no is making me look like the bad guy, you know. But in reality, I didn't want to be there. I knew I shouldn't have been there. And it ain't going to be, I'm not going to get the good end of the stick from being there, you know. But I did it anyway just to not be the bad guy and end up getting the bad end of the stick. So I don't want that for you all. I want you all, and myself included. So as I'm talking, I'm not just preaching to you all. I'm talking to all of us, especially during these holiday times and these weird-ass times here that we're living in called 2020 the never-ending year you know we gotta um feel okay with the no saying it and receiving it so if you try like hey let's go ahead no nigga it's covid time i'm not coming <laughs> okay colleen you said no i'm okay with that and if it's like hey you know let's do no i'm, I'm not coming i don't fuck with you and keep it simple let them know i think that we need to be more transparent in our um dialogue instead of me saying like damn well why does so-and-so don't like me i don't fuck with you because of this oh okay you know and so that way it's out you don't have no you don't have to worry about stepping into a vortex of mayhem like you know god bless it those two did so anyway they have a song it's not even really for like no promotion for them or anything like that it's just really to kind of end out the story you know they had a song called lit moon and it came out two years ago and um yeah it was from kent won't stop aka kent jupiter i guess because he did beats and daytona saying whatever the fuck i'm not giving him no promo because he was crazy for doing what he did but um yeah check out the song and just because i thought the beat was pretty interesting and i thought it was kind of like a real chill hop type of vibe i love chill hop you know, I love all types of music. So I listen to things. So I didn't want to just focus on the negative of their crime. And I was like, you know, it's sad to see how it ended up. But, you know, what were they doing prior to? Were they really doing music or were they just bullshitting? And ironically, they didn't even have a gun in the video or any violent innuendos in the video that I've seen anyway. But, um, yeah, I'm going to leave you with that just because that was the story that we ended on. So Frenemies, we started out with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, who was always Frenemies. They always talk shit to each other, respectively. But I think now in their older age and with everything that they went through, it's safe to say that they are friends. And they dropped that Frenemy. Then we went into, um, oh, how can I forget? Okay, guys, so I'm going to end it. I, I might even have to change it now. So I have to tell you about, I forgot about my third frenemy story. So ironically watching that, you know, all that stuff, look at the videos and everything. So I'm like, okay, bong, whatever I'm done with this. I don't want to get stuck into a negative vortex. 
here comes a na- another vortex of weirdness. What pops up? Marvin Gaye and his dad in a rare footage of them, you know, doing like a rare interview outside of their home in, I want to say it was DC at the time. And, you know, Marvin Gaye is Marvin Gaye in his prime and, you know, handsome man as he was. And he's sitting there cool, but looking a little like uncomfortable. And the title of the video says, um, Marvin Gaye and his father, rare footage. When I looked at the footage, I'm like, okay, so the father might come out the house or something because this is a woman sitting here with him as is the footage is playing I've come to the conclusion the woman sitting there was his father mind blown so now I was like what so this is how my Sunday ended for the Thanksgiving weekend how could I forget this oh my god so I was like wait what did I just watch so I watched it again because it's like a it's like a five minute clip on YouTube of Marvin Gaye and his dad sitting outside of their home in DC. And it's early Marvin Gaye. His dad has on a woman's wig, a woman's outfit, and he's very feminine in his ways in this interview. And it just thrashed and threw all of my, um, understanding of that whole scenario from a child out the window. Cause I know my mom was very conservative when it came to her kids. So she wasn't like, yeah, that nigga was gay. You know, she wasn't that type of mother. I probably would be that type of mother. Like that nigga was gay, but not in a bad way, not bashing or whatever. Just, you know, like it is what it is. Like he was trying to front and he killed his son on some bullshit. Cause he was angry while he wasn't living his truth. Basically what it comes down to. So if you don't believe me, Google on YouTube, well, not even Google, go to YouTube. And type in the search, Marvin Gaye and his father, Ray Interview. That's what you need to type. You'll see it. You'll see it. So that made me, I said, what am I looking at? So I I didn't know his father. I thought his father killed him because he was a preacher and didn't want his son doing secular music. I thought that's what it was. I didn't know. What am I looking at? So I'm mind blown. My mind is in a tailspin right now. So now I'm like, I got to do some research on Marvin Gaye and his dad. What's really happening here? So in the comments of that video were people going off like, oh my God, oh my God. And then somebody said, hey, if you if you think this is crazy, check out Marvin Gaye, The Last 24 Hours, the documentary. It's up here on YouTube. So I said, oh my God, I'm going to the documentary now. I don't even know if I'm mentally prepared for this because I was like, shit, I was a kid kid, like kid kid when Marvin Gaye was out. So I'm not even going to honestly say I remember anything, like a whole bunch of stuff. I remember his music. I do remember when he died, like the radio station in New York City played Marvin Gaye all day, every day, all day, every day. You know, that day when he passed away and they talked about it and they kept on talking about it. And you just remember it was like a national morning, day of mourning when he passed. And I was a kid, but I remember that, you know, and I remember as you get old and hearing the stories and grasping more understanding, it was like his father killed him because he didn't want him to do secular music, like sexual healing and, you know, the type of songs that he was doing. Right. And so I was like, okay, well that kind of, I could see that where he probably had like an overbearing preacher father and then something like that happened. Right. So makes sense to me. Never thought about it. 
never even had the urge or desire to research further to prove it wrong or anything like that. It's just, okay, well, that's what it was, right? But then this random video pops up on YouTube of Marvin Gaye and his dad. And I'm like watching the video, watching the video, like, well, when's the dad coming out? Because this is clearly his mom. <laughs> and that was the dad. So I said, no, I got to find this documentary. So I found the documentary. It basically gave you like all the details of the last 24 hours of his life, but then it also gave you the history of Marvin Gaye in the midst of it. So it was like a mixture of reenactments from the day of, but then you also speak to like record producers, his, you know, ex-wives and cousins and brothers and sisters and, you know, people that are still surviving, you know, that survived him. So, yeah. So I'm looking at this like, okay, this is real. Like this is coming from his sister and his brother and his sister-in-law and his record engineer. And like, this is coming from the people that he lived it with out of their mouths. Right. His sister's like, Oh father. And so they didn't call like, it's so funny because I'll do that. Like say when I call my mom, sometimes I'm like, mother, what are you doing? And she'll be like, daughter, like it will just be dramatic with each other for no reason. But, um, and we've come a long way with that drama too, with that dramaticness, because when I was younger and I was like, mother, she hated that. She was like, I am, even though she is my mother, she felt like I was being facetious, but saying it like mother. Now we joke and I'm like, mother, what are you doing? And she'll be like, daughter. But, um, I get it. Like, it is kind of weird just calling your mother, mother and calling your father, father, like on a, like, I demand you to call me mother and father type of thing. Right. So Marvin Gaye and his siblings had to call his parents mother and father. Not like, you know, not like mom and dad or ma, dad or mommy, daddy. It was mother, father. And the father was a cross dresser, dressed like a hundred percent woman, like six days a week, except for Sunday when he went to church. But basically, even when he went to church, everybody knew what it was. So in the documentary comments, I'm reading the, uh, in the documentary on YouTube, I'm reading the comments and people are like, oh yeah, we grew up in DC around this time. And it was like some story I read, like in the comments, I'm like falling into a rabbit hole in the comments. Oh my goodness. And it was like how, um, his dad would walk around DC like a full drag and you know, everyone would be like, that's Marvin Gaye's father. And people would be like, no, it's not like, it cannot be the world's sexiest man alive's father. No, that's not. And everybody was like, yeah, that's Marvin Gaye's father. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy, you know, and it makes sense as to why he was a troubled man, like, you know, on drugs and, doing all that stuff because even though he you know imagine how you feel like yo I'm the sexiest man alive I'm the most machoist man alive and I can't even bring my father out because he's the most gayest you know or most not saying gayest let me take that back because I don't want to offend anyone but at this time here I'm just trying to get into his head of I have such a feminine dad and you know I'm the sexiest man alive. All the bitches want to throw pussy at me, but my dad is uh, is condemning me for it and hates me for being who I am. And at the same time, he wants me to accept who he is, which ironically, Marvin Gaye accepted his dad and loved his dad. Because if you watch that rare interview footage, you will see it in those five minutes there, how he felt about his dad. You can see that he wanted all he wanted with his dad's approval. 
his dad said, in front of these cameras here, I'm going to tell everybody I'm proud of you. And you could see that the dad was just doing that because of cameras and he was on the spot. And the dad got dressed up in his little wig and everything. Cause I'm about to be on camera. It's all about me. So, you know, the dad was doing shows and you could see that he was like tense and uncomfortable because he wanted his dad's approval. But then afterwards, when he, his dad said that to him, he jumped on him and gave him the biggest hug. Like he didn't care. His dad was in a wig and, and a woman's outfit. He didn't care about any of that. He was like, this is my father, you know? And I think, um, honestly, in my opinion, I feel like that explains some of Marvin Gaye's sexual exploration as well because of how he grew up in his household. If you grew up in a household that is restricting you and condemning you and basically crucifying you for being sexy or being, you know, secular in the world, but then you're at home and it's like, you're not giving me clear lines of mother and father, but yet I must call you mother and father. This is confusing. That's confusing to an adult. So I can imagine a child, right? And you could just see like everyone that they interviewed. And this is after I see the five minutes of footage of that weird footage on YouTube. That weird five minutes took me to a spill, a tailspin of like the rest of my Sunday looking at Marvin Gaye shit because I could not really believe that his dad was really a cross-dresser. And then so much facts on top of facts came out like, yeah, this is what he was. And, um, you know, like some people say allegedly or whatever like that, like it's out there. So I don't have to worry about me saying anything. I'm just a, a fan, a young fan that wasn't around. Like I was young at those times. So that was above, above me above my pay grade, but as an adult to come back around and see that, that's like fucking crazy, you know? And biggest friend of me, oh my God, because he, when, you know, when Marvin Gaye invited him to the shows, he was there. They had Marvin Gaye Day in DC where they dedicated a day to him and like locked on the city. And it was like all things Marvin Gaye. His dad was right there, like in the pictures with him. When he, um, blew up and he bought the house out in, um, in L in California and moved the whole family out there. His dad reaped the benefits of that house. He was on tour, going on tour to the point that he broke down and started taking drugs just to keep going and became addicted, you know, so he didn't even really reap the benefits of living in that house, but his dad did, you know, that's the ultimate friend of me because his dad was friendly just enough to reap the benefits from the situation. And then when it looked like, Hey, he's on drugs, he's in a tailspin, he's spiraling out his career. Doesn't look like it's going to be good anymore or he's losing it. So in your mind, you feel like there's nothing else I need from you. It was easy for him to disregard his son and kill him, you know? And once again, goes back to my other story, you know, my other, um, scenario of what I was saying about the energy, like they seen the sunshine. Marvin Gaye was truly the sunshine in that family. And the dad was not. So he was trying to take the sunshine, like, or dim, dim the light. He, he, he did everything he could until he finally just physically dimmed the light. But that was crazy. That was freaking crazy. So look that up. And, um, I, I, you know, I apologize to, uh, can't, won't stop and Daytona home boy. And I'm not going to play lip moon. I'm not, but y'all can check out lip moon on YouTube It's under like Kent Jupiter and Daytona St. Godfrey. And, um, you can see those two end up, those were like ultimate frenemies. They were friends for 10 years since kids 
and did the ultimate sin. Well, one did the ultimate sin to the other. But I'm going to leave you with some classic Marvin Gaye sexual healing. Hey, because I think that's more appropriate. And then also, that's another ultimate frenemy situation. You know, his dad, he did everything to show his dad that he was, you know, a great man and that he was going to take care of the family. And he did. And it still wasn't good enough, you know. So that's why I'm like, at the end of the day, your frenemies, whatever you do, is never going to be good enough. So fuck them. Do you love you? Make sure you're true to yourself. Yo, since I started incorporating that mantra into my own life, I have been blessed. You know what I'm saying? And truly grateful and truly appreciative of life, you know? So I want that for you all too. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to end it there because I gave you guys, I had to give you my extra story. Like, how could I forget? So my friend and me topic was Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, which I think they're good now. They're friends. Then it was, um... The two Virginia rappers that did the ultimate sin, well, one did one to the other. That was crazy. And you could check out their song, Lit Moon, on YouTube because I still think it was a a good song. Sad situation, but good song. But Marvin Gaye and his dad, ultimate frenemy slash family frenemy. That shit is crazy. But I'm going to leave you with some sexual healing because um, it's getting cold, baby. I woke up this morning and I had to put on my fireplace in the living room. And I was like, okay, so that's just heating up the living room. Fuck this. Throw on the heat. I had to throw on the heat, y'all. I had to throw on the heat. And you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm so hot. It's hot here. But we do get a little chill. I told y'all that. Like right after Thanksgiving up until like Valentine's Day. It'll be chilly. Like say, for example, once the sun is out, because it's something about this Florida sun. Once the sun is out throughout the day, you're good. You can you know, you move about and you won't be feeling cold or nothing like that. That sun go away, it depending on what day it is, it can get cold. So last night was cold. This morning was cold. I threw on the heat and I was like, oh, this is letting me know that we're going to do some Jamaican soup this weekend. Maybe if I don't do another chocolate tree board, I don't know. And, um, you know, get the comforters out, the, the thicker blankets out, get the fireplace popping and my why not end it out with some Marvin Gaye sexual healing such a classic and I didn't really want to end it on a somber note so I'm happy that I actually thought about my last story hey and um if you can't get no sexual healing still love yourself and I don't mean that in that type of way (laughs) but um we still have to love ourselves you know what I'm saying spread love not Rona you know my mantra you know, and, um, have you seen follow me now the new video? Have you seen it yet? I know I've been doing a lot of things and I don't really plug, 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 but I'm gonna just throw that shameless plug in there for you guys. Gongly vivo on YouTube. Follow me now. Let's run the numbers up. Please, please, please run the numbers up. Shout out. But, um, yeah. So till next week, guys, y'all stay safe, stay loved, stay blessed. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and hit me up. Let me know what y'all going to be thinking about for the holiday recipe for Christmas. And, um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just let me know what y'all up to. Okay. Until next time, y'all stay blessed, stay safe. And you know me, you know, my motto. If you like it, tell a friend, if you don't like it, tell a friend, it ain't going to hurt either way. Okay. And love yourself. Spread love, not Rona. Peace.
Make love tonight. 